This podcast is brought to you by Life Mastery Course. Get 90% off enrollment today at livewellacademy.com. Welcome to the Toastmasters Podcast, the official podcast of Toastmasters International. Hello, everybody. This is Greg Gazin. And I'm Ryan Lebeck. Ryan, we have a special guest with us today. Who are we speaking with? Oh, man. Well, today, Greg, this is a topic that I'm really excited about, emotional intelligence. And our guest today is Harvey Deutschendorf. He's an emotional intelligence expert, speaker, and the author of The Other Kind of Smart, Simple Ways to Boost Your Emotional Intelligence for Greater Personal Effectiveness and Success. Harvey's a regular contributor to Fast Company and writes a monthly column for HR Professionals Magazine. He's a certified trainer for Canfield Success Principles. In 2015, Harvey was recognized as one of the top thought leaders in trust by Trust Across America. And more recently, in July 2019, Harvey's article on emotional intelligence, Emotional Intelligence, the Other Kind of Smart, appeared on the front cover of Toastmasters International magazine. Harvey's passion for emotional intelligence not only comes from studying the topic, he's personally used the skills he has learned to overcome difficult obstacles in his life. And so now joining us from Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, which incidentally is just about Greg's backyard. Uh, welcome aboard to the Toastmasters podcast, Mr. Harvey Deutschendorf. Thank you. I'm uh, very excited to be on. Welcome, Harvey. Emotional intelligence. It's, it's quite an interesting topic. It's one of those words that sometimes we, we, th we might think we know what it means, but sometimes we may not necessarily get it right. Tell us a little bit about what emotional intelligence is and why is it something that's important? Well, emotional intelligence is our ability to recognize, to differentiate, and to manage our emotions in a way, the emotions of others as well. And why it's so important is that in the last... Uh, 20 plus some years where we've discovered that it is uh, even more important to our success, not only at work where most of the, the studies have been done, the work's been going on in emotional intelligence, but in the rest of our lives, you know, in, in our homes, with our, in our relationships, with our friends, that it's uh, one of the uh, really, really most important, one of the most crucial things to uh, how successful we are successfully are in our lives, as well as how uh, happy and fulfilled we are as well. Harvey, you open your article with a startling statistic, which is always a good way to uh, get your audience's attention, as we know in Toastmasters. According to your article, you quote the World Economic Forum's Future of Jobs report, uh, in which they state that by the year 2020, emotional intelligence will be one of the most desirable job skills. And I'm really curious to know, how is it that employers, interviewers, uh, managers, how do they assess a job candidate or an employee's emotional intelligence? Uh, that's a very good question. And I've actually, that, that's sort of um, new territory now for actually um, employers for human resource people because the uh, the way to test for emotional intelligence is to really ask some very very interesting probing questions one of the questions that i suggest asking is who do you admire who we admire gives us a real uh, good idea of uh, our personality and also the the way we can uh, assess 
how somebody's going to react at work is based on the best way to do it is based on their prior behavior. So one of the ways I also suggest is checking for emotional intelligence is it's quite difficult, but the interviewer can ask questions over and over again in, in, in almost a, a way that uh, becomes very frustrating and irritating to the person being interviewed to see how they react to it, to ask you know, just pretend that the interviewer is just not getting it, you know, when, it, when it's, it's an obvious answer. See how the person reacts to see, you know, if they get upset, if they get frustrated, uh, it's likely that they're going to do that at work as well. So uh, how they handle themselves in the interview. And, and a lot of the questions that would be asked would be behavior type questions to see how the person uh, manages stress, to see how they manage somebody you know, asking them some very, very difficult questions. So that's interesting. So the employer is basically probing the individual, trying to find a trigger. So in essence, Mm -hmm. instead of getting them to react, what you're really trying to do is get them to respond intelligently. That's right. See how well they would handle somebody, basically, that is, I mean, everybody's going to respond uh, well to somebody who, is going along with what they're saying is, is, is basically easy to get along with. The, the test of emotional intelligence is how do we respond to people, you know, that are getting under our skin, that are, are frustrating us, that are pushing our triggers. That's, that's the real test of emotional intelligence. <laughs> and we're going to come across those people at work for sure. We're going to have to work with all kinds of people, be in all kinds of stressful situations, how somebody handles stress as well. What, what they do when they run into stress stress, and how they deal with pressure situations. Harvey, I'd love to dig into this just a little bit more. Sure. Uh, towards, towards the end of your article, you mentioned the notion of grace under pressure. And it sounds like the kind of job interview that you're talking about really is a pressure test for the candidate. <laughs> so whether it be pressure in that form or just of maybe working under a tight deadline or conflict in the workplace or in the the home. I'm really interested to know what are some practical ways to practice and develop that grace under pressure that we tend to really, at least I do, really admire when we see it in others. One of the first ways to do it is when we're feeling ourselves losing control of our emotions is just to take a few minutes before uh, we respond or even even seconds maybe, but to take a deep breath and, and not respond right away when we have that urge to, to say something we may regret later. We're, we're feeling our emotions rise in a way that's not anger's coming up, uh, frustration to a high level. It's just to give ourselves a little bit of time before we respond instead of just reacting from our emotions because if we do, It'll never be good as far as if we're in a situation really having trouble dealing with, take some time out, take time away from it till we can start to think things through, be able to relax. And people that are emotionally intelligent have ways that lots of techniques that they've learned on how to relax and how to deal with these types of situations. They don't right away tell themselves, uh, they don't jump to conclusions very, very quickly. They try to look at the, uh, the situation from a, a much uh, broader perspective. When you're there in the moment, though, sometimes it can be difficult. You might be in a situation, you're standing, you've got someone right in your face or you're right in their face and you don't necessarily have the time. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. What is what can you do about that, or how can you learn perhaps to say, okay, if this situation comes up, this is how I'm going to handle it. We usually can take a few seconds at least before, uh, maybe take some deep breaths. Maybe for me, what I do is when I'm driving, uh, when I get upset at somebody, uh, I take a few seconds and I start counting to ten, one thousand, two thousand before I do something, uh, shout at somebody or. I take a few seconds, and usually I relax, and then my thinking starts to uh, kick in. I'm, I'm I'm wondering, you know, why this person cut me off and uh, that type of thing. And then I, I usually calm down. I get more curious at that point than I am uh, angry. If we can just take even a few seconds sometimes before we react, or say, well, I can get back to you on that or whatever. I'll don't deal with anything when we're at a point where we're ready to explode, where emotions are, we feel emotions that are sort of taking hold of us, where we have trouble controlling them, not responding. Actually, that's a great idea, because I know a lot of us will probably find ourselves in our vehicles, and that would be a great time, as long as, of course, we can keep focused on the road. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and the good thing to do is we can practice that, you know, when we're even in a point where, we're a long ways from our emotions taking control of us. It's, it's just start doing those things, practicing those things. So when we get into a situation where, you know, we're really, really, we feel those emotions coming up and we feel them taking control, that we automatically get, go to that place where we start doing that, start counting or doing something else, uh, maybe singing some uh, tune, some ditty into ourselves or something, some other way that we can just automatically go to where we get out of that place where the emotional level just keeps rising, give ourselves a, a break from it. An email too. I just thought of that, you know, as my phone dings. <laughs> <laughs> Think before responding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you uh, send an email that's going to be really, really angry, don't send it right away. Maybe, you know, think about it for a, a little bit. And usually <laughs> you don't end up not sending it. <laughs> yeah, very true, very true. Harvey, I understand the model of emotional intelligence or the theory of emotional intelligence was first posited in the 1960s. And of course, for many of us, we probably first heard the term after Daniel Goleman's book, Emotional Intelligence, was released in the 90s. I know that was, as I understand, a watershed moment for you, gave you a real aha moment. Can you maybe share a little bit about what you discovered, that aha moment as you read Goleman's work and how that led to the passion that's consumed your life. And and before you answer that, I'll also add something that I found that's really unique about you, Harvey, from looking at your website is we have a lot of people who are, you know, speakers and consultants in different areas, and they might have two, three, four, half a dozen different topics they specialize in. But I have it that you are all in on emotional <laughs> intelligence. So I just want to really make that clear to our audience. Harvey is not a jack of all trades here. He is like the emotional intelligence guy. Uh, so with that backdrop, if you could share your aha moment, uh, I'd love to hear it. Yeah, yeah, sure. My parents uh, were refugees. They came from Europe after World War II, came to Canada and uh, had to borrow money from the church to to come for passage, uh, a very poor when we were growing up, uh, my brother and I, and, uh, you know, the family was in, in a survival mode. And also there was quite a bit of conflict in the family. And uh, my way of escape was to get an education. I was fortunate. I did well in school. So I went to university 
I was the first one in my family to go to post-secondary. And uh, I went out and I got a, a career. I was working as a professional. I was actually a social worker. You know, life should have been great. You know, I'd, I'd gone far beyond what anybody in my family did, but it wasn't. And uh, I tried to figure out what was wrong. And I read self-help books and could never figure out. And then I read Goldman's book, uh, Emotional Intelligence, Why It Can Matter More Than IQ. And I got to, I can't remember the page to, and it said, uh, your, all your intelligence can come to naught when emotions when emotions hold sway. And I was there. Aha, that's it. That's the, you know, that's the answer. Um, that's it. I, I need to work on, on my emotions. And uh, I read the book and I, I learned everything I, I could about emotional intelligence. I took training and I joined a, a men's organization called the, uh, the Mankind Project and started, you know, we work on our emotions. We, uh, we talk about our emotions and work through them. And uh, it was an opportunity for me to really start using the stuff. And then I realized the answer was in emotional intelligence. I couldn't find it in, in books like Goldman's because it was very academic and technical. And I thought somebody's got to write a book to explain this to people in a way they could understand and start using it. There wasn't a lot of books that dealt with at the time that, okay, we know about this now. What, what do we do with it? How do we actually develop our emotional intelligence? So that sort of became my work and it, uh, it's sort of uh, taken over my life. It's, you know, it's become my passion and sort of my, uh, my purpose in life. Fantastic. So Harvey, as you describe emotional intelligence, it, it seems that it represents some, it represents multiple interrelated skills. We talked about the ability to recognize, differentiate, and manage our emotions and the emotions of others. Mm -hmm. And you spoke a moment ago about the emotions holding sway. I wonder if you've come across other people like myself, <laughs> full disclosure here, where I think I'm pretty good at picking up on my own emotions and the emotions of others. But where I often fall short is in the management or regulation of my emotions and and the uh, corresponding responses. So what kind of coaching could you give for someone who's already pretty perceptive on emotions but is struggling with regulating responses? Your emotions can overwhelm your intelligence and, and sort of nullify it if you let them. So uh, that's what I realized the problem was. It was, was the emotions were really uh, getting in the way of, of me enjoying life more, becoming more successful. So, well, the, the coaching would be basically on things we can do when we feel our emotions coming up, getting to a point we're going to come up with something that we don't want to. Uh, how to manage that. And also, there's times and places that, you know, it's safe to show emotions. That's why I joined this uh, the Mankind uh, Project, this men's group, because they create a safe place for me and other men to share emotions. That's the place to do it. And there's other places, of course, you know, in the, in the workplace and, and with your partner at times when your emotions are feeling going out of control. It, it's not the right place. And, and to be able to to judge that and to be able to differentiate where where safe place to share my emotions and where it isn't, where I have to sort of, uh, at the time, um, how would you say, uh, you know, maybe bite the bullet and, and, and just write it out so our emotions don't, uh, don't damage us. So Harvey, you're obviously passionate about emotional intelligence. You, you speak on it, you train on it, you, you've written a book. What difference has emotional intelligence made 
in your own personal life and in your relationships? Oh, wow. <laughs> it's made all the, the difference in the world. My situation that I, I, I grew up uh, in, it was um, my mother, not so much, but my father and my older brother, very, very highly critical. That became sort of a, a default when I was in in uh, relationships and also at work. And uh, that's not a, a, a good way to be, to always be looking for uh, critiquing and looking for fault. Now I, I've formed some really, really great relationships. I have great friends, and I'm in a uh, personal relationship now that is uh, unbelievable. It's, it's. I, I, I never dreamt that this was possible. That that uh, uh, we've been together now for for eight years, and uh, we're able to just communicate, and we're able to resolve any issues that come up. I've learned to listen. When people talk, I, instead of trying to thinking of a response, which I think uh, most of us do when we're speaking, I just learn to listen and, and, and to find out more about the person, give them, remember things about them. It brings people closer. I've learned to develop really, really uh, uh, fulfilling relationships with others. And it's really, really satisfying. I'm, 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 I feel happiness, I feel joy, whereas for probably many years, I was, had a lot of anxiety and I, I didn't feel satisfied or, or happy. So my life has fully taken a 360. The word I'm hearing that's surfacing is, is listening. And sometimes that's difficult for many of us, especially Toastmasters. Can you offer some guidance in terms of what's really helped you become a listener? Yeah. Well, for, for a while, we my partner and I would practice one person speaking and the other one about the five minutes. The other person basically, at when they're done speaking, just feeding back to them what they heard. So that takes the, the pressure off to try to respond or to talk about uh, what you want to talk about. It's your only job is to just listen and feedback. That is great practice because then you know there's, to hear what you what you heard and then tell the other person what you heard them say and just practice that and get into the habit of doing that and just paying attention to what the other person says, not only the words that they're saying, but the tone that they're using, you know, their body language. Do their words match match how they look? Are, are they saying they're very happy, but their face is all cringed up and they look angry? Is there a incongruence between what they're saying and what their body language has, things like that. So continuing on the theme of the art of listening, in your article you mentioned there are five ways to boost one's listening skills. One of the ones I'm curious about is being fully present. We live in a 24-7 society. We're always connected. Right. What do you mean by being fully present and, and what kind of challenge does it pose today? Well, being fully present is turning off our devices being there when the person you're speaking to, not looking away, not noticing somebody else that's walking by or, or whatever. If you've ever been in that situation where you're talking to somebody and they're glancing away or checking their cell phones, you know, you don't feel heard and it's very frustrating. So being fully there with the person and even saying, you know, if you're unable to, you're, somebody's going to, you're waiting for a call or something important may come up. Letting them know that right away and, and telling them, I want to just, you know, be listening to you, you know, making 
giving you my full focus, but this may come up. Maybe there's a better time when you don't have anything coming up, a call coming in or anything like that. But being in a situation where you're giving the person your entire focus, there's nothing else that's uh, distracting you or, or getting in the way. Because there are times you're feeling like, gee, how dare you tell me? You're, you're, get, so you're getting a feeling from someone when you kind of like put your phone away and you're, you're getting that feeling of how dare you tell me what to do with my <laughs> devices. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, but, but if, if somebody is looking at their device and speaking to you, they're, they're distracted. You're not getting their full focus. It's so unusual to be fully heard, have somebody totally focus on you when you're speaking, that you form connections with people that are fully present for you because it's becoming more and more unusual. So those people you will remember and you'll form a, a very strong connection with. That's really goes a long ways uh, in developing very strong relationships with people where they trust you and, and they want to be with you and they want to actually do things with you and for you. The, the Generation Z, the latest generation or Generation Z, that's part of their culture of being connected to their devices. And I'm just kind of wondering what type of challenges that's going to pose. Oh, I believe it's going to form huge challenges because uh, there are retreats now for people that are are hooked on their devices you know <laughs> have to get away from them and uh, spend time away it's, it's going to be be huge and it really affects developing uh, real relationships with with others uh, we're hardwired for connection that's as humans and, and we're losing that because of being uh, you know hooked up to our devices so uh, yeah that's 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 going to be a real struggle Harvey as we wrap up here, what advice do you have for us in terms of how to assess where we're at right now in terms of our our EQ, as I've heard the term used, our emotional quotient as opposed to IQ, and discover the path forward to improve and raise our skill and emotional intelligence? There's, I have a quiz that's in the, uh, on my website, too, that's on the other kind of smart.com, a short quiz. It's only 15 questions. It was basically all meant to give people a feel for what emotional intelligence is, but also gives would give us a feel for um, uh, what we need to maybe improve, if we need to make some improvement. There are official tests out there uh, that people can take. They're rather involved, and there's a costume that they're available if people want to go to that degree. But uh, I find that uh, most people that are curious about this, when they look at the different areas of emotional intelligence that I lay out in the book, they will have a pretty good idea of the areas that they are strong in and also the areas that they can fall down in. And if we don't have an idea, uh, if we know somebody that will give us honest feedback, somebody uh, that we can trust, put that out to them and say, look, what am I strong at? What do you think I need work at? Somebody that knows you well that will give you some honest feedback. That's one good way of, of doing it. Like I say, there are tests out there, but uh, we don't necessarily have to go to that degree. We just need some, some good feedback uh, from uh, others and uh, just look at ourselves in uh, a very honest manner. Harvey, we appreciate you taking the time to come on the show today and share with us. Where can our listeners go to learn more about you and to keep in touch? The website is theotherkindofsmart.com. That's one word, uh, uh, theotherkindofsmart.com. They can uh, get in touch with me through the uh, 
to the website. And uh, yeah, I'd love to hear from your listeners. So I really appreciate uh, the opportunity to uh, to speak to you today and, and your audience. Thank you. Thanks, Harvey. It's been fantastic. I thoroughly enjoyed it. If your life is perfect, stop the podcast now. Still with me? Great. I've put together an intensive online course on life mastery at livewellacademy.com. Based on decades of research and experience, I invite you to participate at 90% off the release date rate while I complete all the lessons with the expected completion by the end of 2019. At livewellacademy.com, you will learn how to really connect with others, the tricks of having a strong relationship, what you need to know about your health and staying fit, how to increase your overall well-being, how to be a better person, how to be a responsible member of society through improving your critical thinking skills, how to be more creative, how to sell, how to handle money and make more of it, learn about all the major religions of the world, learn about getting a job and creating one, learn about success and how to achieve it, and more. This course is a result of the continued research that suggests that adults in the United States today are woefully unprepared for today's social and professional environment. People struggle with effective communication, relationships, weight and health issues, depression, life purpose, achievement, discerning fact from fiction, selling ideas to others, earning enough to live comfortably, finding jobs, and overall peace of mind. These are problems that get in the way of living a happy and fulfilling life when one's energy is spent on just trying to get by. This course addresses each of those problems and many more with the goal of helping you avoid those problems while focusing on what energizes you most. By the end of the course, you will be on the right track to designing the life you want to live and living it well. Register today at livewellacademy.com while the 90% discount lasts.